Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Barton Hahn sitting in with J. Will. And adding to the story involving Deshaun Watson is now lawsuits against him that he is calling baseless. So the first lawsuit filed Tuesday night appeared uh, on the Harris County District Clerk's website in Houston on Wednesday morning. It alleges inappropriate conduct in a massage therapist's home in Houston in March of 2020. The incident in the second lawsuit is based on is filed. Well, that was filed Wednesday. That one occurred August 28th in 2020. The lawsuits that were filed by a Houston lawyer named Tony Busby both alleged that Watson, quote, committed civil assault, end quote, when touching a massage therapist with his penis, and that was intentionally or knowingly caused physical contact with plaintiff when Watson knew or should have reasonably known that the plaintiff would regard such contact as offensive. That's a quote from the lawsuit. Now, Rusty Harden is Watson's Houston-based attorney, and he told ESPN he first learned of the lawsuits involving the quarterback on Tuesday evening. Harden said he spoke with Watson on Wednesday and agreed to represent him. Here's what he said. He said, quote, I'm real comfortable with the kind of person that Deshaun Watson is, and I don't like to publicly comment until I get all the facts. He added that Watson, quote, has a great reputation here in the Houston area, and the allegations are really inconsistent with the kind of person he is. That's a quote, again, from Rusty Harden, Watson's attorney. Now, the Texans put out a statement, and they said this, quote, we became aware of a civil lawsuit involving Deshaun Watson through a social media post last night. This is the first time we heard of the matter, and we hope to learn more soon. We take accusations of this nature that involve anyone within the Houston Texans organization seriously. We will await further information before making any additional statements on this incident. That is a quote, again, from the Texans. Adam Schefter, uh, last night on on SportsCenter, said that so far, no one has been dissuaded from trying to acquire Deshaun Watson as he is part of trade talks because he wants out. We had Mike Tannenbaum on the show earlier, and he talked about how he would handle the situation as a general manager. Absolutely. That's exactly right. You can continue to show interest and you want to monitor the situation carefully. You're going to obviously alert your security department. They're going to try to do their own investigation. Um, If you actually have permission from the Houston Texans, if things heat up enough, you could actually get NFL security involved. So it just raises the bar of scrutiny. These are just allegations. You hope for Deshaun Watson, they're not true, but they are serious. And ultimately, you have to be able, from a GM perspective, to walk into your head coach's office, to walk into your owner's office and say, hey, we've done the work, we've done the background, we're still comfortable making this trade because of X, Y, and Z. So you are proceeding, but you are proceeding with caution. Jay, you said earlier in the show that you you spoke with, uh, with someone with a team that has interest and that they pretty much feel the same way. It's it's You just keep an eye on the situation, but it doesn't change your interest. Yeah. Last night spoke to uh, somebody very high up in an organization that is in the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. They said that there was still a ton of due diligence to be done on the matter, but that as, as of right now, they were still seeing this as an allegation mm-hmm. until more details came out. But that was not going to stop them at all 
of their pursuit of Deshaun Watson. They said that the talent speaks for itself, and they don't believe that that will stop the market as well from being very intrigued by Deshaun Watson. And that's why you let the process play itself out, right? And you don't rush to judgment, but you still have to do your job and do your due diligence. So if the allegations come back false, you're ready to make a move and be able to make try and make a transaction, try and get a franchise quarterback. Now, now what happens also is that within this whole thing is the idea that the Texans keep saying, well, not uh, I guess it's Cully who keeps saying he's on our team, he's our quarterback. (laughs) But John McClain, who covers the Texans, he's covered for a long time for the Houston Chronicle. He tweeted something that was interesting. He said the Texans haven't said they're not trading Watson. He said, I expect them to be traded. The draft is the deadline because they need to be able to get a draft haul and have an amazing draft. If you're the GM, you have to feel like you can't perpetuate a problem, and that's why you need to trade him by the draft. So if the draft is the hard deadline, where does he get traded? Where are the best Where are the best offers if, if – if what McLean is saying here is true, which teams with the draft in mind have the most and the best to offer to get it done on draft night? I think it has to be you know, two things, right? It has to be what's best for the Houston Texans and what's best for Deshaun Watson because he has a no-trade clause. So he would have to waive that to go anywhere. So right now, if I'm a team that's in pursuit, I'm trying to make myself as attractive as possible to Deshaun and say, hey, this is our plan going forward. This is what we've done in free agency, and we still have the opportunity, even if we do trade for you, to be able to improve this football team through the draft. Because, you know, one thing that he wanted and one of the things that we believe that he's upset about is that promises was was made to him that he would have an opportunity to be able to have some decision-making, some roles in the decision-making. So if you're going to, you have to understand that you're going to have to you're going to have a player that wants to be empowered and emboldened to be able to make decisions and you to to respect his football acumen and his ability to know what he needs to be successful. I look at a team like the Panthers. I mean, they seem pretty desperate. They're willing to throw in the whole house, whatever you want. Yeah, the rumors were Christian McCaffrey, right? Exactly. And you got Tyra Taylor now. He's there. He's your guy kind of moving forward that bridge year. Maybe you can draft another quarterback. Yes, they got him yesterday. Uh, I look at a team like the Jets are in that conversation. Mm -hmm. The Jets have all the assets in the world, including Sam Darnold. They can be utilized. And look at the Miami Dolphins. Now, Bart did bring up the point a while ago. It's like, you know, how about the durability of a guy like Tua Tungavaloa? Is that Mm -hmm. a a major question for you moving forward? But the Dolphins also have a ton of draft picks as well. So it's about how do you get the most future value? But you know, Mike Tannenbaum did say this as well. You know, you start getting to the draft. When a draft comes, a lot of teams are going to feel the pressure of being on the clock. And you're going to see a lot more willingness to move. And it brings me back to this other point, Alan, because it frustrates me. As soon as David Culley got the job, you know, not all money is good money. And I feel like it puts him in a position. And I know I've been saying this before. I've been harping on it. It's just where it, every time he's forced to be in front of the media, he's going to have to answer questions about Deshaun Watson. And when he says things like, he's our quarterback and we're going to think about that way moving forward, we all know that is not the case. We all know that is not the case. Now, I talked to David Mulgetta once again last night. And, you know, look, to, I can say exactly what he said, but he's like, Deshaun doesn't want to be there. It's, it's, it's noted. He does not want to be there. So it just it puts David Cully in a position to look bad and we're not hearing from Nick Casario you yeah. know they're already trying to make so it just I don't like the way it puts him out of the front of this and it, it 
it makes me feel like he's the scapegoat once yeah. again. I want to put myself a lot of times in the position of the general manager in these situations, right? Because you guys are the athletes. You've been at that level, so you understand mm-hmm. the mindset of the athlete in that moment. I don't, but I can, I can relate to the, to the mindset of a general manager in that moment. And if you're Nick Casario, you just get this job. You've got to feel like what's stopping this trade is not him being stubborn. It's probably above him being stubborn. There's got to be an ownership, yeah, ownership issue yeah. here that is saying, no, 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 I just gave him a contract. We're not trading him. He's our franchise. We're not doing it. You're not trading him. Okay, I'm not trading him. I say that publicly. People call me, and I'll say, all right, well, we're not trading him. But what would you offer? I would collect all the offers I can. Yeah. If you're giving me, and, and I, I completely, I, I totally agree with Mike Tannenbaum. The draft is the deadline mm-hmm. yeah. because you can get a lot in this draft leverage and help you reset your franchise knowing that I now put a stop to the problem. You know, Jerry West always said that. All right, you make a mistake, don't perpetuate it yeah. by, making, by, by lengthening that mistake. You, you immediately respond to that mistake. And when you're a general manager, look, and, and you could say, because that's not my problem. I yeah. inherited that problem. My job is to fix it. But I can't do that until I convince yeah. my owner. So let me collect all these offers. Take it to the limit, and then when I'm there at the draft and I've got something where I'm like, wait a minute, the Dolphins are giving me their yeah. with three, right? Yeah, they're giving three. me Tua. They're giving me next year's that's pick. That, that like, they got from them. On it, right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Recirculating. Your, your, your Recycling it. Right. How, and this is how I tell it. They're giving me that pick that your other guy gave away. Yeah. That I'll get that back for you, right? You, and now we're getting future picks yeah. and a quarterback, yeah. whatever it is. I love that deal. It's now or never. What do we do? And you leave it up to McNair yeah. to say it, but yeah. you present that. Yeah. So for him to say we're not making the trade, yeah. I think it's I've got time where I can convince the owner, listen, we've got to do this, and let's we wait to the last minute, we get the best offer, yeah. and then we do it. Sneaky team, San Fran. Very sneaky team. because they, What they, assets do they have? They, they have a young, cheap roster. They can still offer back a guy like D Ford, and they can offer where, – where did Nick Casario come from? Hmm. Patriots. Where's Jimmy G from? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I see where you're going with it. And so now you get a cheaper version. Uh, you get you – get, you know, because Jimmy G has a very team-friendly contract, and you can get out of that contract at any time. So you can take their first-round draft pick this year, their first-round draft pick next year, and if I'm if I'm if I'm the 49ers, I can care less. You get you give you give me him Nolan right now. You give me you give me Watson. I can lose great players. See, that's what that's the difference. When we say franchise quarterback, mm. he's worth one or two players, right? Because he he's good enough to replace the production of one or two players. You put Deshaun Watson there. Do you? I'll, hey, listen, I'll even consider giving up Nick Bosa. I would too. I give up Nick Bosa first round draft pick, Jimmy G. I mean, how can you turn that down if you're the Texans? If you get first this year's first round draft pick and next year's first round draft pick, when you think about if you have D Ford, you you only need one good pass. Uh, Let me ask this: They have two, and they have two good interior linemen. They have great young weapons on the outside already. So if you you, if you add that, you just resigned Trent Williams. So clearly, you're going for it, man. That's that's a no brainer. It's good for the Niners, but are the Texans in a place where I want players and not as many picks? I no, want, you get I you, you, you get you get you get you can you can get you get two first round draft picks and maybe a two. If but I'm giving the 49ers giving to Sean a, Watson, that pick is going to be I'm giving 27, you a, okay. 28. Wait, like, when you when you think when you think about the hardest positions to fill, what are they? Left tackle, yep. quarterback, right? Pass rusher. Yes. I'm giving you a quarterback that you're you familiar with. Yeah, I'm giving you a quarterback that you're familiar with. I'm giving you two future first round draft picks which you have none, and I'm giving you I'm giving you a pass rusher. You give me a quarterback that – where would you rank him? Middle of the pack? 
It don't matter. Nick is, it, it does well, matter. It matters where Nick is. Is he healthy or is he not healthy? That's the other question. It, ma- it matters what Nick Casario believes, right? And he believes in the whole Patriot way. He's trying to make it Patriot South. You see they're doing an insider trading. They're just exchanging picks from one former Patriot team to the next. Miami Dolphins, they're just swapping picks back and forth. Jay, how you feel about it? Because, I mean, look. Nick Bosa is a generational talent. I want to say this. Well, you first said D4, but if you're saying Nick Bosa, it might change Either one. Bart always makes a great case about things, and he tends to get me to lean that way, but then I stop myself. But you hearing that it, from the Niners, it, it, are you it, buying that it, or are you selling it? I buy it a little bit, but I'm, I'm literally saying who gives me the most value. Like, it's a, yeah, I need it's almost value. in a way, it's, you know, we're, we are going to apply the pressure on Houston to get it done right now. But when you start getting down to the draft day, when teams start to come yeah. as a flurry, like, all right, like, I'm just going to use it as leverage. Well, Great. Like, if I have another team that's going to offer me more draft picks, then I can go to San Fran and be like, how bad do you want them? Yeah, offer me about a little bit more. Offer me a little bit prime, more. But, but top you, five you just keep using league. it as leverage to keep okay. increasing that's the, why the cool. trade. That's why the real, the true deadline here is the draft. And you've got all this time from now, it's, it's a month, to get to that. I'll, I'll say this. Nick Bosa, if you add Nick Bosa into that, he's only two years in the league, so you don't have to pay him for another three years. I would say this right now. After watching Nick Bosa his rookie year, he has the ability to have a better career than J.J. Watt. After one year? Did you see what he oh, did? I saw what he did one year. Yeah, yeah. He has the, the ability to have a better career than J.J. Watt. Let that marinate for a little bit. Three-time MVP, defensive MVP of this league, and you get him and you don't have to pay him anything. The things that you can build around him and, and, and figure out your quarterback position at a later date. I mean, I would have to consider it. Because we all know that you're going to have to get rid of Deshaun Watson. You can act like you're going to try and find him and, and see if you take his money. It, he, listen, they both, they, they both have dug in, and at some point it's going to come to a divorce. It is, definitely, it is definitely an interesting part of the conversation. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. KJZ, presented by Progressive Insurance, Bart and Han joining Jay Will this week. Alan Han, Bart Scott, and LaMelo Ball takes the court tonight against LeBron James. Well, they got beat up last night against Denver. By yeah, just, yeah. It was a good start, yeah, but then it start. got away from yeah. them. There's no doubt. Look, LaMelo is, is fun to watch, but one area that you know is a major issue for him, and that is the defensive end. I mean, he he's just not a good defensive player. Young players never really are. It takes a lot to learn. Um, but still, he is a player, though, I believe that – you are watching. Like, your eyes are drawn well, to him. Fine. And I just found that interesting that he's asked about, okay, you're going, you know, you're going to Staples your first time. He's going home to L.A., but you're playing LeBron James in a game, and it's like, how excited are you to play against a guy like LeBron? He was just like, no, nah, not really. Like, I'm not built I like love that. it. I love it. I love it. Do you find it – like, is it – like, does it – because old heads will look at that and say how – arrogant that is and maybe disrespectful Mm -mm. but others like he just said I didn't grow up like that like he doesn't idolize players he's he plays bad like what did you say like I said yesterday that you know this is part of the AAU culture like all right next game up and you know the difference between him and Zion is that Zion was a hooper that turned into a social media star whereas LaMelo is a social media star that turned into a hooper like let's not forget the way that that. LaMelo got all this attention because Alonzo and his dad, and you started watching the story from a younger age. Don't forget about his middle brother, Melo. I mean, all, all these different things and how they factor into it. I mean, LaMelo, what, like 16 years old, was driving around in a Lambo? Right. 
He's driving around a Lambo. I mean, Facebook put together a series on him yeah. overseas. So I, I even go back. I did a series with him, Lonzo, his brother, and LaMelo uh, with Little Dicky when <laughs> LaMelo Ball was like, I don't know, 14, yeah. 15 years old. And they were looking at him like he was just like a little kid. Like, ah, we don't know if he's really going to pan out and all this other stuff. But like he was always built like that. But he got muscled around by his brothers all the time. Yeah. He got told that he was too small. He was too little. He got punished all the time. So I think there's a lot of LaMelo that has that mentality where it's like, okay, like I don't care who's next up. Bring it. Like I'm, This yeah. is what I do. And that's the generation as well, right? When you think about what the kid was doing at Cam Newton's own camp, like heckling him. Like the respect factor. Like he, I'm sure he respects LeBron, but he's like, listen, man, I've been around stars. I've been around, you know, good things and fancy things my whole life. It, 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 this is not going to move me. This is not going to move the needle. I just look at this as another game. You know, he's 19 years old. I mean, I think whenever you're the last, you know, you're always going to be the best because you learn from the lessons of your brothers. You know what I mean? And I think he is the best one. And I think he, he arguably to me is going to be the next face of the league. I think this is a guy that you can kind of put that on if he continues to develop. He's, he's, he has a flair for the dramatic. I think he's lived up to the expectations. He's played pro ball like Luka Doncic, like a lot of these guys. I think because he's a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, that he's going to be able to get a lot of, a lot of credibility. And he does something that people love. He's a facilitator, right? And, and, and instead of just throwing the, like, the, the, the simple pass, he, he, he goes with the nice pocket pass. He puts English on it. Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's a performer. And he's been performing his whole life. And that goes back to his days in social media and, and growing up underneath the shadow of his dad that cast a big shadow. So he's, he, he's used to being able to fight for the attention, right? And I think he's going to utilize the way that he fought for attention to try, try and make his stake in that family to try to make his stake in his league. It's, it's not even fighting for attention. I think he's just used to having attention. It does, it's, it's, he's not daunted by it at all. It's interesting you say that, though, because we were talking about it yesterday as a group. Sorry, in the next 10 years – Right, if 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 you were if you were gonna bet on it, which which player is gonna have the the bigger influence on the NBA? Would you say it's Zion Williamson or would you say it's LaMelo Ball? Now, there can be others, but just out of these two alone, because they're both so polarizing already, they were coming into the league a lot of attention, yeah. and they both as young players are that must watch kind of player. So which of the two? If in ten years Neither. who's gonna be the guy? Neither. Look at Dante. Luka Doncic. I think. I what think you, what, in ten I, I, years, I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand what you guys are talking about. It, uh, it, I don't know if he's the same player in ten years. That's all I'm saying. Why? Because because he's 22. I, I and he's got know. a dad bod. Okay, he has. Uh, I, I, he's like, 22 years old. He's 22. Body me, by me, Big it's Mac. It's funny Come when on. we say he's when we say. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. When we say Lamella Ball is going to be the next face of the NBA, you guys do understand that Luka's rookie year here is 21, nine and eight. Mm-hmm. You guys know that, right? That's numbers, you guys, man. He started. That's numbers. He started. What do you mean it's numbers? Because, because we've seen guys who have had like those first couple so of years, and then there's you know the 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 rest of it. It catches up. The miles catch up. Okay. Not everybody has the ability. You ten years a long and, time. And, but, you but, know but, that in the league. Luca, 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 Luca's twenty two, but he's played professional ball for a long time. So he has more. He has more miles on him than the average twenty two year old. I just, I'm not even sure if Lamelo's through growing. He might mess around and be Ben Simmons height. So wait. So are you guys saying that you guys are betting money that next year Lamelo Ball will be in the MVP conversation because Luca's second year? I didn't say that. He was, well, 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 maybe you said maybe I'm I'm ten years. A lot can happen in ten years. I'm giving you data points to compare it against. I understand. I'm just saying, like, if you're talking about the initial start of a race, was LeBron in the MVP? Conversation no, but LeBron. Let's not. Let's not even put LeBron James in this conversation. LeBron James was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as, as the chosen one. 
LeBron James is and LaMelo, LaMelo's getting that same no, kind of shine. No, no, he's not. Oh, that attention? No, he's, he's, it's just he's not on the cover of a magazine, but it's on Alan, social media. He's getting social media. It's the new magazine today, Jay. Highlights get attention. Yeah. The, the face of they the sell league, highlights The now. face of the league has been the best player in the game. Mm-hmm. The best player in the game. Has the face of the league been Michael Jordan? Allen, let's talk yes. about it. Has the face of the league been Kobe Bryant? Yes. Has the face of the league been LeBron James? Yes. So we're going to say that LaMelo Ball, you're saying that. So what you're saying, I just want you to know this because you're you're basketball guy too. Bart, you too. That you're saying that LaMelo Ball is going to be, I'm not talking about who has the most followers, who, who gets the most mm-hmm. highlights. I'm talking about who's the best player in the game. That's the face of the league. You're saying that LaMelo Ball is going to be the face of the league, the best I'll player in the what, game. I'll tell you what, then let me, let me edit that then. We don't have the next one yet. Then that's a different conversation. I agree with you All on right? that. Because we've had Magic, we've had Michael, we've had Kobe, we've had LeBron. There is no – and each one, when they came in the league, was sort of like that anointed, okay, he's going to – we don't have one. I don't think – at that level, I don't think we have one. Okay. But the original debate was Zion and LaMelo. I changed it. <laughs> okay, right, right. You, I get passionate yeah, you, had a pivot, you, had a, you had a pivot because I believe that out of him and, and even Luca. I trust LaMelo more because I, I don't have concerns about his health. I don't have concerns about his weight. I get concerned every time Zion. We've seen great explosive athletes, D-Rolls come in. Yep. What happens when they can't, when the they can't jump anymore? Can he create that middle game? He's not a great shooter. Can he improve in those points? We don't know. We can see that they're great talent. We don't know if they're great players, right? When we talk about great players, y'all talk about guys like LeBron, guys like Kobe, who, who, who filled all the holes in their game. Is they going to be dedicated to the improvement and to working hard on a consistent basis every year? For Zion, I, yeah. I, I don't question Zion's motor at all. I, well, I think well his motor to, to, to commit to something that's hard, right? Because to commit, it's easy to commit to running. It's hard to commit to eating. All right, tell you what, let's continue this conversation. Let's get the – you, you commit to eating. Yeah, eating the right I, way. I, that, man, that, that's the hardest thing. Man. It's not yeah. hard for me to commit to eating, I can promise you that. Your bologna salad? <laughs> Be part of the conversation with us. We'd love to get some input on this one as well. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Play against KJ and Z on ESPN's Tournament Challenge. Sign up at ESPN.com slash bracket or download the Tournament Challenge app. Search for KJZ or you can search for Bart and Han and take on Bart and myself. I'm going to let Bart fill out the bracket. So, again, we'll continue this conversation. This is an interesting one for sure. There's actually different tentacles to it. But Jay's going to have this first from DraftKings. This is the long read. Prepare yourself. The Sit tournament is finally here. The brackets have been set, and the teams are ready to hit the court. Actually starts today. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survivor pool ever. How large, you ask? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, when you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you can get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. That's ten k. And look, it's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing in the winner is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Get in on all this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code KJZ during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's code KJZ to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Will you feel any sort of way sharing the court with LeBron this week? 
I mean, nah. I, mean, I grew up a little different. I just think that LeBron has more on his plate every night than any other player in the league. He handles it better than any other player in the league. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. KJZ, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, Barton Hahn. Kicking it with Jay. You just heard there, as LaMelo Ball was asked about his first matchup tonight with LeBron James at Staples Center, game tonight, 1030. It's like, oh, you looking forward to this game? And LaMelo, just like any kid, nah, not really. Exactly. And it's just amazing, but it comes, you would think, oh, it's disrespectful. It's just how kids are wired these days, how he is wired. He just said, I'm not really on basketball like that, so no, not really. Yeah. What he's trying to say is, I ain't a fan. Yeah, like I'm coming, to, I'm coming to ball, <laughs> right? Is that, am I actually, yeah. am I right saying that? As, yes, as as you know, geeky as that sounded coming from me, but like that's kind of what he's saying. You know, it, it's you almost feel like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you say, yeah, I really look forward to playing LeBron, it almost oh, makes you feel my like idol growing up. You know, yeah. but I, we also lived in that culture where like it would have been almost like okay, like of course, like he's a he's a young kid, of course he looks up to playing a guy like LeBron James. But when somebody gives you this, yeah, okay, like that that goes to show you that he's used to being this dude's been in the spotlight since he's been 13, 14 yeah. years old. You, you he's been around celebrities in L.A. Ain't no moment bigger than the moments that Lamelo Ball has already lived in. And you remember that you know the story that they tell about you know Kevin Garnett and, and Joakim Noah when he's like, oh man, you got to teach me that move, and he's like, hey young fella, get off my you yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah like yeah, you don't want yeah. you don't want to be part of that, so you you want to make sure that you try and keep your composure. He's a young guy. I'm sure he's excited that he's playing. And like sometimes I remember my rookie year when I saw some of the people that I looked up to. It's like you're in awe, like man, yo, I'm on the same field as as Warren Sapp, or I'm on the same field as Donathan McNabb. But at the end of the day, you got to put – you know you know what I'm talking about. You got to pull it back. Like, yo, I'm a, I'm a professional now too. So it's time for me to put in work. Now it's time for me to make the name from you. You're a fan before you get there. Then when you get there, he's a peer. So now he's a competitor. So I'm trying to eat just like he's trying Jay, to Jay, you had the audacity to take Michael Jordan's locker. That didn't work out well for me. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but, but the point is, though, is that the, in the moment, you wanted that, right? Yeah. Now others would have said, who's this kid Oh, I got, in? I got like, destroyed for I know it, you actually. Did. But I was like, nobody sat in this locker, and we've been losing. <laughs> Maybe somebody should sit in this locker. Yeah. Like, but I, I wanted to be that person for that city. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be that guy. I didn't care what people had to say. But that ultimately is funny when you start dealing with the media. You know, how do you battle that? When the media starts going against you and you're part of a losing team, mm. that's tough, right? Uh, LaMelo, these guys, even though they lost last night, they're in playoff contention. Right. 
Like they are making noise. So almost in a way, it's funny. The reverse action has happened, right? Like if LaMelo were like, yeah, I look forward to going against LeBron. Like that would have been the story. That would have been a major story we've been talking about. Like the matchup, we would have been building it up. Mm -hmm. But by Melo saying, yeah, you know, okay. Like that's the story. Yeah. In in a word, he said, meh. (laughs) Meh. So we'll see how the performance goes. But as we talk about LaMelo, we talk about Zion, you know, who's the future? Because LeBron obviously uh, at 37 years old is – eventually going to be out of the league. So who's going to be the next face of the league? And, you know, Jay and I were going back and forth about it. And I just, we both ended up agreeing. I don't think there is a face in the league right now. Like once LeBron's gone, I don't know who that guy is, but we talked about it. We asked you. And so we're going to get answers from you right now on the phone. Let's go with, um, let's go with AJ in the Bronx. AJ. Hey, what's going on? What up, AJ? Um, uh, Han and, and, uh, Bart, this is the dude that called last time and was like, I know men's bodies and y'all kept mine. Y'all kept mine. <laughs> One of the best drops we've ever I, had. I know men's bodies. I know men's <laughs> bodies? That's yeah. what you led with, He was, trying, he was no, trying to explain no, no. something. Okay. So it was the content. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm not to remind you guys that. <laughs> um, well, but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I think we already have the next guy. Like, like, it's not even close. We have the next guy, right? Ooh. The issue is, and what everybody stopped talking about for some reason this year, I don't know why, but the next guy is 40 pounds overweight, right? The next guy is out of shape, and he's still an all-star. So imagine if the next guy lost that 40 pounds and was 240 chiseled. If he's an all-star now at 280, Who's that? out of shape, fat, 6'6", 280, fat, he's, he's an all-star. So imagine 6'6", 240, what he would be Tomazian. doing. Tomazian? Tomazian? If Zion went to 240 chiseled, he would destroy maybe Booger, but the But maybe league. he can't, though. He's fat. But maybe the that's, just, fat. But that's, his, yeah. maybe it, that's it, just his body type, though. I, I mean, to say, like, if he lost the weight, I, he's playing this way. Yeah. Zion is blockbuster, Alan. He, he's, he's blockbuster. Yeah. I Thank will you, tell AJ. you, as somebody that watches basketball every single night and reads about it every single day, like, I always get a little bit worried when I see him leap. Like, the same yeah. concern I have for I worry Joel when I see Embiid, him land. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The same concern I have for Joel Embiid, right. I watched this happen to a degree. Thank God he's okay. I'm not going to tell you that every time I see Zion attack the rim and not utilize his skill set of shooting a mid-range jump shot, I don't hold my breath. Right. I hold my breath every single time. And that's what you get concerned of, these explosive athletes coming down wrong, stepping on somebody's foot or overextending themselves. You saw Joel Embiid hyperextend his knee, you know, trying to dunk on somebody or dunking on somebody. So this is what you get concerned with, the fact that every time he puts himself at risk, that all his shots or 80% of his field goal attempts are within the, within the paint, within the paint. Right? I'm, being, I'm being gracious. You right? Within, you know, so yes. if he can just kind of pick his spots when he's trying to go in and be aggressive and play above the rim, because you know the law averages is eventually something's going to happen. But it is yeah. funny, like off the, the media train, like, Remember how hard everybody was on Zion last year? You talk about Zion every damn day. Yeah. Talk about Zion like Zion was LeBron James. His shot charts are hilarious because it's all the dots <laughs> are right there in the paint. But with LeBron when he was younger, you saw certainly other aspects of his game that as it developed, he wasn't just the above-the-rim player. He could do other things. I think for Zion, until he proves – he can do other things. The other parts of the game, but he just is built like somebody that that's supposed to be his game. But he's playing player. better than what he played last yeah, you're year. Right about and that. he's been durable, and but yet we're not talking dominant. about but him can like I ask did you last this? year. Yeah. Is his team winning? Yeah. Fair. And that's the next, obviously, say, yeah. the next complaint um, about players. There's no doubt about that. As we get back into the NFL, and we'll continue this conversation. This is a fun one. 
Uh, but we get back to the NFL, and we've got to talk to Adam Schefter today. He's got a ton of NFL news, big wide receiver questions for sure. But first, Jay has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help keep your facilities safe and your people even safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Hey, it's Greeny, and Thursday we're giving you advice or breaking down your bracket so you can win with your sheet of integrity, and Scott Pioli will analyze all the moves of NFL free agency. That's with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn, Bart Scott. In with Jay Will, and we're joined right now by Adam Schefter on the Goodyear Hotline, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. Schefter, good to see you again. So, if Morning. I can, let's 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 just get the latest of whatever you're hearing around the league involving Deshaun Watson and how these allegations might be affecting potential trade. Look, there are serious allegations, and I think teams have questions about them, and they're looking into them to make sure that all the questions are answered, all the information is received. But the fact of the matter is I think that teams also are looking at this and they still are interested in Deshaun Watson. Speaking to teams that I think could potentially be in the market did not sense anything that would inhibit them at this time. Now, if something surfaces, yes, obviously, that could impact where this goes. But as it currently stands with the allegations being what they are, I did not sense something that would slow or prevent a team from speaking to the Texans and trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. Shafter, yesterday on Get Up, you said that you are not ready to say that Russell Wilson will be the Seahawks QB in 2021. Why? 
Because I think they're going to do all the work that they have to leading up to the draft, Jay. And I think what you have here is a situation where free agency week, which officially kicked off yesterday at 4 p.m. Eastern with the start of the new league year, was never the time that the Seahawks were going to make a move with Russell Wilson if they were going to make a move then. It was always going to be around the draft. After they've done as much work as they can, on all the top quarterback prospects in this draft. Look, there was no combine. There's been no in-person workouts. There's been fewer games. There have been factors that have limited the amount of information that front offices can get on quarterbacks. It's hard enough for these teams to get the information that they need and want uh, in years where there is a combine, in a year where there is a full schedule of games. They still want to do more work. So this year is more challenging than ever. Teams are on Zoom calls all day with college prospects as we speak. And so they're trying to gather as much. If you're moving on from Russell Wilson, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, you better be convinced that you have the right guy, that you feel comfortable, that you're acquiring a quarterback or in position to acquire a quarterback that you feel good about. Now, the Chicago Bears, who had conversations with the Seahawks, at the 20th overall pick. That's not a spot where the Seahawks know that they're going to be able to get the quarterback that they want in this draft. The Bears don't have a quarterback on their roster that's proven that the Seahawks would want. So they didn't have a quarterback asset they could offer to Seattle, which is why Chicago went ahead and signed Andy Dalton and why it's still out there. Now, Russell Wilson listed four teams on his wish list where he said he would not veto a trade, being that he's got a no-trade clause in his contract. New Orleans, Chicago, Miami, Vegas. Vegas is the only team out there that hasn't committed money to a quarterback this offseason, but they are committed to Derek Carr. So there doesn't seem to be an obvious fit amongst the four teams that Russell Wilson listed in his initial list, which means either he's going to have to be open-minded to going somewhere else or he's going to have to accept the fact that he and the Seahawks could be back together for another season in 2021 if no trade is consummated. But I think a trade is alive up until and through the first round of the NFL draft. If Russell Wilson is a Seattle Seahawk after the first round is complete, then he's a Seahawk, and I'll believe at that point in time he won't be traded. But we have not heard to date anything from the Seahawks where they have said, we are not trading Russell Wilson. And it doesn't mean they are. We just haven't heard them say that to this point. Well, we, when you talk about the, the the list that he had out there and that three of the four pretty much have already gotten quarterbacks or kept and then Derek Carr's situation with the Raiders, would you wonder if there'd be a new list? Is there a list that it would expand? Are you even expecting something like that? Or are you just leaving it as he'll have to be open-minded to any place that might be able to trade for him? Well, I'll say this. Again, I don't think the Seahawks love the idea of trading him. I don't know that Russell Wilson loves the idea of being back. So in this particular case, I think everybody has got to be understanding if it's something that develops, it may not be just what everybody wants. So if the Seattle Seahawks work out a trade to a team that wasn't on the list, the question then is, does Russell prefer to be in Seattle or does he prefer to be traded to a team that's not on the list? I don't think Seattle cares all that much about Russell Wilson's list. I think Seattle cares about Seattle. The Seahawks care about getting a compensation package back if they decide to trade him. That would make them a team that could move forward the way they want in the future. So even though 
some of the teams in the top 10 picks aren't on Russell Wilson's list of teams. Carolina, the Jets, whoever it may be, right? I don't think Seattle cares about that. If they can get back a premium pick, then that's what they're going to do. They're going to do what's best for the Seahawks, not what's best for Russell Wilson. And he's got the veto. He's got the trade, no trade clause that he can veto any move he doesn't like. Hey, Adam, have we overvalued this wide receiving um, free agent class? Because we thought that guys like Juju and Galladay would be off the board by now. Why haven't we saw more action at the top of the free agent market for receivers? It's a good question, Bart. What I would say is this. It's a few different reasons. Number one, I think receivers went into this free agent market probably with their hopes too high. They probably had a certain number in mind that they wanted to get based on the salaries that other wide receivers have been paid. And they didn't take into consideration there were certain questions about their play, about their production. There were certain questions about this year where the cap is down. Teams can't pay maybe a luxury item like a wide receiver, the type of money that they have necessarily in other years. And so when you're coming into this market, you have to have a realistic idea about what works. I I always remember the expression, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered, right? You can't be a hog coming into this market knowing that the cap is down. It's okay to be a pig, but don't be a hog. And if you're asking for a number that is a little bit unattainable, well, a team might just move on. Now, an example might be the New England Patriots. Maybe they were interested in Gallaudet. Maybe they were interested in Juju Smith-Schuster. They wound up signing Nelson Aguilar to a deal worth about $13 million a year. They added Kendrick Bourne on a much more favorable number. Maybe they heard the numbers that the top receivers wanted and said, you know what? we're more comfortable on a value play. And so once a wide receiver needy team fills those slots, what other teams are out there that can pay that 18, 19, $20 million a year that they might be seeking? Not a lot. So now you've asked for a little much. There are some questions about your play. It's a combination of factors. You know, we're used to seeing top prices paid on the opening days of free agency. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody gets it. Curtis Samuel got a three-year, $34 million deal. Very strong deal. But maybe not those top-end deals that some of those receivers have gotten. So, again, I think everybody's got to be realistic about what's practical, what's expected, what type of market this is. And now maybe uh, expectations are being recalibrated. So, you have to reappreciate you. I guess today, no breaking news on the phone while we're talking. But that was a lot of fun yesterday. Well, a little story, a little fun. You never know. Hey, listen, it could happen any day. You never know. That is true. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Shefty. Have, have a great day, guys. All right. It is interesting, though, to watch in the wide receiver market when it comes yeah. to Kenny Galladay, though, and, and the, yeah. the Bengals, Giants. And Juju. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, right now, that's the two teams, and if you're a Giants fan, adding him to that offense would be would be special. Can't believe I, those are the only two teams, though. It yeah. It seems like those are the teams in hot me. pursuit. I would, yeah. I would want to put out there to, to, the, to the listeners, is the top five – receivers coming out of college better than the top five receivers on free agency. Mm. Mm. Now, that's a real thing because maybe that's suppressing the market. The fact that the top cheaper five receivers too. coming out are cheaper and mm. better. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. No question about it. March Madness starts today, but Jay Will has a reason why maybe it shouldn't. We'll discuss that and more coming up next. Stay with us.
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.